The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 89. How important is grassroots development in esports? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. Are you ready to discover your sports career ambitions in the sports industry? If you are, check out my new sports career resource, the Sports Industry Directory, which has over 300 companies in six different sectors of the sports industry. For more information, check out education2sport.com and please use promo code, which is podcast, for a free discount today. Now, as always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the world of esports. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Martin Fritzen. Martin is the eSports project manager at DGI and founder of Grassroots eSports. With over 15 years of experience in digital sales and marketing, Martin specialises in grassroots development in the world of eSports. I can happily say that I'm very interested about Martin's line of work and it's great to have him as a special guest on the show. That's why in today's episode, Martin will share his sports career journey and explain the importance of grassroots development in the world of eSports. Martin, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Well, thank you, Ed. Well, my sports career actually started back in uh, 20 years ago, but that was football, soccer. And then the gaming eSport part happened just at a parallel. So I was a lot, you know, playing a lot of computer gaming, a lot of... um, Esports as well, you know, alone and with my friends, and it was more or less old school. So uh, my passion and interest for sports and 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 the friendships and and the gaming part started twenty years ago. Would you mind explain to listeners your academic background and how you got into the career element of esports? Sure. So my career background and the academic part is that I have. Uh, completed a vocational education in Denmark that's, you know, standing in in, in a store and then uh, helping customers find whatever they want and selling them stuff. And then um, I went to the university and I studied psychology uh, for some time. I didn't finish, so that's the bad part, but um, um, that was more or less the academic part. Then because I'm, you know... I'm 41 years old. I was part of the evolution of internet. So I've been working with the biggest internet companies in Denmark. And uh, as a parallel, I built a uh, gaming and esports uh, news hub inside some of these um, businesses. So it, it was to, to be like a, a internal blog about gaming and, and we had gaming activities in these internet businesses. And then um, uh, in the 
2008, I became part of the American company Adobe that is quite big, and I was traveling um, more or less the world talking about and, and teaching and educating people in software. Really nothing to do with esports, but it, it got me into a big network of people who love gaming, and that's kind of where my 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 transference into esports uh, happened because when I knew all these people, uh, suddenly I started to talk about esports. And then at one point, a guy came to me and said, "Hey, Martin, do you want to have a chat? We are opening up esports uh, activities, and we want to have uh, you know your expertise on how to do it." And um, so that was the beginning. Just for the listeners listening in from a career perspective, what career skills have helped you from the last 20 years looking back? What I'm good at is is more or less uh, speaking and then and, and then teaching and, and inspiring people. So for me, that was really important to, to keep on um, improving those skills. So if you want to work into programming or designing or, or sales or marketing, you should work on, on the skills needed there. Uh, um, I mean... Um, but for me, and and then then the 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 network, simply knowing people is, I, I mean, that's so important, uh, and and I think that's the most important. I've just been to DreamHack in Leipzig in Germany this weekend, and talking to all of these people, meeting people from Fnatic, from Twitch, from BMW, from marketing networks. Um, a guy, he's starting a national leagues in Dota 2 in, in, in all of Europe. I mean, I never got to know these guys if it wasn't for, for, for me networking. So so building this the core skills of of what whatever you want to do and then and then and then the, the, the network part is, is so crucial. I couldn't agree more. With regards to esports, I find it a fascinating topic. Would you mind providing the listeners an overview of how esports has grown from an industry perspective? Yeah, of course. I mean, um, I mean, the, the the internet and and the um, technology and then esports as well have kind of grown uh, as a parallel. Uh, um, so, so the stronger computers, the better internet, the the more opportunity we have to play games and and host huge events. But we had huge events as well uh, ten years ago. Um, the big uh, the big uh, change I think we have now is what well, what we see in Denmark and and other countries as well is that. The esports is taking to a grassroots level, but it's also taking to like a huge commercial uh, event. We see events just for in in, in Denmark. We see events uh, growing for sports clubs. We see uh, sports clubs having teams as uh, seniors. So you have plus fifty, plus sixty year old boys and <laughs> men and women uh, gaming. And we see stuff only for fantasy and only for girls and only for boys. And uh, we in Denmark, it's an international company, but we see uh, like a live role playing. So so you travel to a huge castle from, you know, 1200 in, in, in Romania and then you have your your uh, your esport event there like in in a, in a role so everyone is like Harry Potter but it's an esport event it's i mean you see so many different aspects of gaming and esport activities uh, and then of course you have the core like 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 the major we just had in 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 uh, in, in the US like ESL we have all over um, we just see more viewers 
and and what I can see in Denmark is that we see more casual gamers and more casual viewers, people not not gaming, not 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 really interested to esports, starting to view and 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 prospect these events and 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 see them as entertainment, like. You know, some people are just browsing and, and watching boxing because they they like it, and and then, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's growing in such a fast pace that that uh, I mean, it's Monday morning. I I already have like five or, or seven conversations on LinkedIn. I talked to a guy in US. He, he's opening up a esport um, arena. I, I talked to a guy in in Chile, in Santiago. They they want to start up an esport organization. I mean, it's just crazy, uh, uh, but but it's fun. Absolutely, I find this really interesting. It sort of relates to today's main podcast topic. How important is grassroots development in esports? Well, to me, I think my where my love is. It's it's with the grassroots. Um, we we if if you and I uh, if we had uh, ten million dollars, we could build amazing events. But building grassroots is is only possible if you have the right people and the right, I mean, heart really and and love for doing uh, making a difference. Um, so uh, what we see in Denmark is that schools they started to um, to offer esports courses and classes as well we have entire schools entire um classes only dedicated to esports i mean they are you know they are having <laughs> danish and english and and biology and stuff like that as well but 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 they spend so much time in esports we see uh, sports clubs offering esport activities just aside with football and volleyball and basketball as well uh, we see like old fashioned clans and gaming communities started to open up clubhouses where they can meet and then can you know have the practices and, and just sitting and, and eating and talking together and, and playing games um, and I think that's a part of building uh, on one side the fan culture so 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 you can sit together and you can have viewing parties and you can you know learn and, and you can become better or you can you know learn new stuff like Let's let's find five people who want to be perfect or or, or learn how to become a, a perfect streamer. So that it gives the opportunity, uh, the grassroots esports gives the opportunity for people to learning and to grow. Um, and where my heart is is actually to see the people, um, the the more uh, shy or or introvert or, or or silent boys and girls who loves gaming. Maybe their parents doesn't really understand what they're doing because they don't know gaming and they don't know why they want to sit in front of a screen for 10 hours uh, and, and playing a game. Uh, and they're maybe not that you know open in school and they maybe not have that many friends. We can see those boys and girls coming into the sports clubs. Um, and, and then when they start to play with the other uh, kids there and the other uh, gamers, they open up and they figure out that they are actually pretty good. And then they, you know, become more open in school and they, they kind of feel a, a change in their life because they make new friends. And I think that's that's so important in, in grassroots esports is that we we bring the gaming um, from a subculture to a more main um, stream uh, activity uh, next to basket or volley or soccer or football or whatever. And then we see these people, you know, becoming more open, having more fun enjoying more times and then actually, you know, getting new friends. It's like almost relating to building a community at a school. 
which I think, as you just said, really important. So was this the reason what inspired you to start your own company, Grassroots Esports? My passion is for the little guy or girl loving to play the game, uh, but maybe is being bullied or not understood by their parents. I, I, I want to create a framework and, and strategies, and I want to help countries and cities and clubs so they can you know, build esport activities so these boys and girls have a, a have a home where they can go to. So... Um, uh, and then I've been invited to Germany and a few other places to talk about how can we do this, and um, and it's working. So so my uh, ideas uh, is working. And then uh, late uh, December 2015, I founded a, uh, a esports club in Denmark uh, called uh, Serbu Esport. With its, I think right now is the biggest esports club in Denmark if you count the members. Um, and I went through the first year there as as the um, as the founder and as the as the president of the board. And I kind of we had all the you know all the details. We have to work through all the problems and and we have to figure out all the um, issues that follows along with creating an esports club and parenting. Uh, you know, contacting the parents. We have been dialogue with sponsors with with uh, with, with with the sports clubs. We. Uh, with the players, finding coaches, um, um, so so I think I kind of went through all of it, and now on, on a more strategic level, uh, can can help uh, organizations and and uh, and and people with creating more or less w- 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 what I did because I think that makes a difference. Just coming back to your career at the moment, what have you been up to recently? So in August 2017, I um, I started a full-time job in a sports organization in Denmark called DGI. It's the Danish Gymnastics Organization. But we have our customers, our members are the Danish sports clubs. So uh, And we have close to 6,500 sports clubs as members. So right now my job is, uh, apart from owning my own business, is to uh, help our sports clubs in Denmark with creating esports activities, and I think in in DGI we have four, five full-time employees, not doing anything else but helping sport clubs with esport activities in Denmark. So we see uh, like a boom in 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 the in the you can you can call it like the amateur esports community in Denmark. We see a lot of of uh, clubs. Could be sailing clubs or tennis clubs, or golf clubs that figure out, hey, we want to do esport as well because they can see that they can attract this. It's it's a new target group for them, you know, primarily boys, twelve to somewhere around twenty years old, um, that they can attract by offering esport activities. So the sports club can attract more new members and and new sponsor income, um, and the players, you know, the local players gets a place to uh, to feel at home. So it's a win-win situation. Absolutely. Just on a personal note, what have you enjoyed the most from your career so far looking back now? Well, so uh, that's a good question. I mean, um, I really love to to go out and, and visit the clubs and seeing these boys and girls having so much fun. I mean, in Denmark, we have a small island. I don't know if it's five or 10,000 people living there. You have to go by boat, of course, and all, all fly. Uh, I mean, um, and then they have one sports club, uh, one esports club on this island. And I, t- I think it takes like 30 minutes from wherever you are on this island to go to the esports club. 
And every Monday they have these three guys. They are pulling out the seven. No, they have 14 computers in a room. They're pulling them out and setting them up in the cafeteria in the sports club. And then they have boys and girls from all over the island, you know, driving there. The parents are driving them there. They have a uh, a kitchen where they have, you know, a sweet older lady making them dinner every Monday night and every Wednesday night. And then they they play their games. But they have 30 or 45 people attending. So they have so many not even being able to play because they only have 14 computers. But they're still going because they, they they just enjoy the friendships and the community and and the and the the fact that they can be part of an esport club and then uh, you know at i don't know 9 p.m. or something they every, every, everyone goes home and they the free guys have to you know sh- shut down the computers and and put them back into the room and then they do it again next week i mean that's just it's so amazing because they have so much fun they have the opportunity to educate their trainers and coaches. Uh, we in, in Denmark we have a esport um, coach education, so you can, as a coach, you can become better and 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 a stronger coach. But you know, I mean, it, seeing these boys and girls enjoying this esport is just is just amazing, uh, and 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 really helps me to understand that this is this is so important for their self-understanding and their feeling of meaningful uh having a meaningful uh, daily life and and even even feeling you know self-worth that this is okay it's okay that you 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 love your gaming i mean that's that's uh, that's the most enjoyable part for me that is so great to hear and it's such a great example even i'm smiling because i can understand what you're saying from a community aspect of bringing people together and I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university students who want to pursue a career in esports? I think if you wanna you wanna have a career in esports, you should figure out what you're good at and you should go with that. I mean, if your passion is streaming, you should set up you know streaming activities. You should uh, connect with 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 influencers. It, it, you should write to ESL or some of the other companies looking for interns. Or I mean, it's what I've seen in, in esports and and in the software business is if you want to land a job and get paid, you should show them what you can do before you start talking about what what you're doing, right? So if you want to work with esports, you should show them. I get so many emails. It's so insane from people saying I've been a pro player. I've I've been doing this and that, but I, I I couldn't care less. It doesn't affect me if you've been a pro player anywhere. But if you can show me like a podcast or a streaming service where you help sports clubs or I you, you know whatever uh, streaming or or you have uh, like online courses where you educate others in how to stream. If you can show me what you can do, the decision for me to uh, pay you for streaming is much easier than than uh, than I've you know if I have to trust your word, it's easier to trust uh, whatever you can show me you can do. Absolutely, and that's a great piece of advice. How can people interact with you, Martin, online? Oh, they can find me uh, at LinkedIn, uh, or they can write me an email. Uh, Maybe you can put in uh, my email somewhere. That is great to all the listeners listening, and all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Martin, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ed. What a really fascinating interview by Martin. For me, the biggest learning lesson I've taken from this interview is that Esports is a growing industry without a doubt and 
it's an industry that I keep reading more and more and more about because from a career perspective, there is opportunity. And without a doubt, there is money in it with regards to investment with their large events to get people engaged online from the streaming platform perspective. So I hope you've got a better understanding that grassroots development, like any other sport, is just as important in esports as it is in rugby, tennis or any other sport in the world. But from a career perspective, right at the end, Martin really did give some great pieces of advice with regards to how you start a career in the sports industry. I know he mentioned with regards to esports, but he said some really important factors such as you've got to be able to show people what you are good at. Our word is powerful, but by delivering actions and showing people what you've done is more powerful with regards to decision makers hiring you. I really do hope you took that on board and apply it to your sports career ambitions going forward and good luck. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Martin said, if you want to land a job and get paid, you should show them what you are doing instead of talking about what you're doing. By showing people what you are doing, it's easier to get hired. 